When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We're rolling already? We're All rolling. right, great. Okay, welcome to Comedy Album Book Club. My name is Jason DeLine, your host as always, and with me as always in some way, shape, or form is my producer, Matthew Ardell. How are you, Matt? Great, great. I was going to say Matt Ardell, and I know you often put Matthew, and this time I went Matt. It's six of one half dozen of another anyway so never understood what that means okay uh so today uh we uh listened to the album simply the beth 2015 album by beth stelling this follows her 2012 album sweet beth which uh got her some notoriety she did conan Conan. That sounds like Regis <laughs> Philbin. Uh, she did the Conan O'Brien show in 2014. That was a sort of a big break for her. And she was uh, declared a comic to watch by Comic Magazine in 2016. She's also been uh, a writer, performer, and producer on several Netflix shows. Uh, she's open for Sarah Silverman, Patton Oswalt. And I never heard of her until our featured guest today chose this uh, album. You're so, welcome. And there she is. <laughs> uh, I probably wasn't supposed. To. I'm I'm doing that podcast thing of like I'm not supposed to talk until somebody says my name. I'm sorry. That's great. This is very mysterious though because we nobody Where knows who we're talking about. Well, actually, people listening to it would have probably read the liner notes. Grace Smith. Yeah. <laughs> I knew your name. Yeah, easy uh, to pronounce. Effect. Yeah. Uh, you're from Halifax. Correct? Sure, I am. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, welcome. You Thank chose you. today's album, uh, mm-hmm. and you are part of the troupe this the sketch show i should say Mm -hmm. called generally hospital yes we uh just finished up a run at toronto sketch fest awesome and it went well it did i'm very sleepy (laughs) Um, sketch fest will do that too yes but yeah it went well great audiences and um we got to try some fun new uh accessibility features on the show so right. uh, you were telling me that uh, you work in a community center and you yes. work in accessibility and inclusion inclusion yeah and some of that stuff has gotten into the show so yeah. tell us a bit about that well almost it, it, the other way around that i think from working oh. on this show people at my workplace heard i was uh working on stuff to do with accessibility and then like purloined me from my previous position into this into this job that I now do um but yeah we um uh, uh it's really important for us on the show to make it as accessible as possible so on this last run we uh had a relaxed performance 
and we mm. had an audio described performance. But oh. a neat thing that we did uh, for anyone who doesn't know what relaxed performances are, they're just supposed to be for anyone with like sensitivity processing. Um, people can walk in and out and things. People right? can walk like in and out yeah. if you have a baby who you want. Like this show does have a lot of cuss words in it. So you probably don't <laughs> want to bring your baby, but you could and the baby could cry and you could just like walk your baby around in the aisle and it would be fine. Cool. Um, and but we really actually tried to th- there was one like official relaxed performance, but we made all of the performances as relaxed as possible. We're like, wow. why should you have to sit very still in the theater yeah. at a comedy show when you're already making noise and laughing? Like, get up, walk around, go get a drink, use the bathroom. Come back. And was it fine. was it different? Did that did the official relaxed performance? Did, did, is it is it was it madness? Is there people just running around or like what what is it like? No, it wasn't any different. I think we we underestimate how much people still have like the theater training in their head of like, mm-hmm. I know they said we could get up and walk around, but I don't believe them. Surely it's a trap. Yeah, I think uh, so. People still try very much to be quiet and. But sit still. I think, but, but at least you're giving them the the permission, and and for some people, I think they stay out of environments like that for fear of even involuntarily something happens that they'll be ostracized or something. So they're at least welcome. Exactly. I think like a lot of people just don't go to see live performance at all because they're worried. Like if you have a bad back and you know, Mm. you can't sit for a full hour Mm -hmm. or like my dad has Tourette's. He doesn't go to a live performance a lot because he, he, if once he starts like uh, um, kind of moving around or or saying something, people give him a dirty look because they, they don't know. So um, maybe now he'll come see my shows. Oh, <laughs> finally. Come on, daddy. Dad. Come support Grace. Come see my uh, high school music. Was that part of the uh, the impetus for this whole thing? Like you, you obviously have a personal stake in it. I, yeah, but in a, in a sort of roundabout way, I think mm. just from the first, when I heard about it, I, I wrote Lax Performance and just that a lot of comedy in the city isn't accessible. I thought, well, that's, that stinks. And yeah. Um, it, it just seems like, I don't know, I found getting into comedy such a rewarding experience for like finding my own voice and writing more. And I just the idea that some people wouldn't be able to access that right. uh, bummed me out. Um, and but then the more I got into it, the more I realized that I knew all these people in my life that would be able to benefit from that who I, I hadn't even thought of before. Like I Amazing. hadn't really thought that hard about my dad not being able to attend things. I was like, he just doesn't like musicals. That's why he's not coming to stuff. Most dads don't. That's true. Dads get into musicals. Well, that's great. Uh, that's very exciting, Grace. Uh, very cool. And I'm glad the show went well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show's made up of five people, including you, all from the Second City Conservatory. So you yes. know it's good, high quality. And uh, we also have our second guest today, a gentleman who happened to be the dramaturge on Generally Hospital. Now, before we introduce him, Grace, I think you wanted to explain what dramaturge is. Oh, my God. This is the best day ever. Uh, okay. Um, well, there's different schools of thought. Uh, in uh, Basically, in if you're in the UK, a dramaturge is sort of the person who does, like, extra research on a production. Not solely, but that's, like, the main thing they do. So they're the person mm. if, like, somebody references tuberculosis in the show, the dramaturge will run off do some a bunch of research on that and then tell the cast and the actors will be like, right. great, thanks. Now we know what we're talking about. Right. But um, cool. in North America, it's um, I've heard it referred to as like a critic that got there in time. Like just <laughs> somebody, somebody to be in the room and just who is very good at writing and story structure and um, piecing together a whole work who can listen and give feedback and 
Mm. Uh, maybe not have as much of a subjective stake in the writing can kind of look at it from a bit of an objective place. Um, so, oh my God, I would never do a show without a dramaturge ever. They're so helpful. Wow. So this dramaturge for this show was our next guest, Ryan Hughes. Welcome, Ryan Hughes. Hello. hello. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I, uh, um, I've also heard a dramaturge described like in film and television, in television terms, it would sort of be like a, like a story editor. Or okay. a script, script supervisor is a different thing. So it only uh, happens for original works, I guess, where you have that creative license. Well, well the the way that the way that I do it when I do it is it, it's always in the sort of script development vein. It's never okay. in that sort of research vein because, come on. Um, <laughs> it, but yeah, like uh, you know, I have a lot of training and experience with like uh, making uh, theater and stuff huh. like that. So cool. Uh, I've done a lot of this stuff for like years and years and years. Um, I haven't been doing a lot of theater since I moved to Toronto, but, uh, it's nice to, to, you know, be able to apply it every now and then. How long you lived in Toronto? Uh, about eight years now. From where? From Edmonton. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Big theater town. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. No, I know. Yeah. I laughed I did, nervously. I was laughing for the wrong reason. I was laughing because Grace was laughing. <laughs> I was trying to support Grace as an inappropriate you. laughing. So, would it be fair to say, you don't want to make the whole podcast about dramaturgy, even though I think Grace would probably be happy. Oh my dead. God, can we? Uh, would you, you, wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't have one, I assume, if you were putting on a Shakespearean play. I, you might have the, the more like UK version where they're there to like research some of the context right. of the show what does nunnery mean yeah what isn't like what's <laughs> hamlet talking about yeah. uh but uh for, i think in the like the north american vein especially like in toronto though i don't have like i don't have experience doing theater in every city in canada but i know it's really popular for like playwrights to have a dramaturge they always work with and that is always uh, there helping them develop their scripts. Like there's some that oh they, yeah they have their favorite dramaturgs that they'll they'll always right. work with. I imagine that's a much longer drawn out collaborative process than in television or film or something mm, like that. Yeah, yeah very, often uh, years. Yeah, and I, wow. I always wonder how they end up separating. Like who really wrote this? Because if you were both around for the development, guess who was type? I guess who was typing on the computer? Yeah, it, yeah. Usually the typist, but if you hire a typist, <laughs> then it might get uh, even more confusing. That's just whoever's closest to the monitor. Yeah, that's yes. when the guild has to step in. <laughs> that's why you have to film every process now for writing a play. Uh, yeah. So much footage you have Playwright to submit body to the camps. yeah yeah no. <laughs> to steal a best-selling joke that maybe we'll Hold get that. to talk about. Yes, that was it. that was a great joke. So yes, yeah, so today today uh, as we said, in case you forgot, it was a while ago. The album was simply the Beth by Beth Stelling. And you chose it, Grace. So tell us why you chose it. Oh, man. It was a very hard choice, actually. Um, I think anyone who's ever been asked, like, what's your favorite comedy album? What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite, like, song has suddenly been like, what's a song? Like, what, what is <laughs> yeah. any comedy? Yeah. So, but I thought, like, I have a little, I have, like, a Spotify list of every album that I tend to, re- comedy album I tend to re-listen to while I'm just, like, doing nice uh, grocery like unpacking groceries, doing dishes. You seem and like a very organized person. You got a lot of structure in your I, life. That I have to. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I'd be just all over the place if right. I didn't. I need to keep myself in line. Um, but yeah, and and uh, this Beth Stelling one is one that I've re-listened to a bunch of times. And so I felt, and, and also one that I've actually, after listening to, made a point to go see her live next time she was in town. And Which even, you've since done? Yes. Cool. Um. So there was other albums that I was thinking about, but I thought, um, what were this, this one, I was also thinking like, I, I really like Emily Heller's album. Um, good for her. Mm. 
Uh, and I really like, um, there's a, co- a couple like Cameron Esposito albums I really like. I really like uh, Rhea Butcher's album Butcher. Mm. Um, but in terms of ones that I act, albums I actively quote in my day to day life, albums where like jokes remind me of my family <laughs> and where I don't find where I find, I guess, the least lulls. Because, you know, when you're listening to an album, you have your favorite con- sure, like, yeah. bits that you'll kind of fast forward. Fast forward. What am I <laughs> from the 90s? Um, but this one, I, I'll always li- I'll always listen to it the whole way through. There's like so few clunkers in it. It's just like, yeah. so it, strong. It'd be a hard one for me to, I mean, because we weren't looking track to track. We just sort of listened to the whole album without without watching it that way. It, it would be hard for me to try to choose an entry point besides the beginning because it, it just feels like someone just talking to you and it could change at any moment. I don't know how... I'd be, I'm fascinated to know what her writing process is for this because it feels like a stream of consciousness almost, but because she doesn't stay on one topic for very long. Sometimes it's just a, a small bit, almost a one-liner, and then she moves on. To organize that and remember that must be... I know there's so... like right? I always think of this when I'm like halfway through it. I'm like, we, ha- <laughs> uh, we haven't even gotten to the mom sprint story yet. We haven't even <laughs> yeah, gotten yeah. to her... Uh, to her stepdad yet and we're so many good bits into it like she really jam packs it with a lot and she doesn't I think I like about her is she doesn't let any bit overstay yes. I feel yeah. like she, she gets, gets in, she gets out yeah. it's, it's very economical she's like a she's like a killer like she just gets yeah. in there gets the best punchline maybe a couple of uh, a couple of whatever uh, I can't remember stand up comedy terms the jokes mm-hmm. after the jokes like a, a callback or like no, a, a tag or tag. A, oh yeah, my right. god edit yeah. out my brain failing <laughs> no nope. uh, no it did well then let the record show that i was clawing the air looking really for that <laughs> i think they can feel it the, yeah. the listeners can tell the, yeah. uh, the thing that the thing that uh it's deceptive right because like she her delivery is very i'm going to say this and it's going to sound like I'm going like millennials, but it like, it just, she, she had like almost, it made me think of Daria, you know, the, the yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's just very flat and it's very yeah. casual and it seems very lazy. But if you like listen to the way she uses language, like this stuff is meticulous. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's meticulous. Yeah, she her use of language is just. She doesn't throw, like the tone of her voice almost sounds like she's throwing away lines, but they're, yeah. they're always very precise and also you're so right about the daria thing and now i understand why i love her so much (laughs) there's something sincere about that not trying too hard right like we're we're Mm -hmm. past that point in comedy where it's uh, a presenter or or the expert in the room who's wearing a suit and smarter than everybody and here's the joke and here's the closer you know like Mm -hmm. here's the setup here's the punchline and uh yeah she she doesn't have that (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to say effort behind it, but it's not like she's she doesn't feel like she's trying to entertain. It feels like she's just telling the truth. And this, this stuff happens to be funny the way she happens to orate. Uh, she's just good with words. And it, it feels very accessible. It, it feels like just a regular person who's really great at storytelling as opposed to a storyteller, if you know what I mean. Yeah. If the word or the term I kept thinking of was like a relaxed swagger. Yeah. Oh, where yeah. it's so yeah. it, it's like it's laid back it's not trying too hard but it's so confident yeah without having to prove anything to anybody yeah there's something 
like one thing I wanted to point out, especially listening back to this, um, and she makes some jokes about being called a female comedian so often, but mm. there's um, there's a certain amount of confidence and and she does self-deprecating humor, but there's a refusal to really rip on herself. And she maintains a sort of swagger and self-confidence that I find yeah. so appealing. Like she, like one of her early tags, she has that amazing, amazing joke about how she's uh, gained and lost weight so many times her boobs are like uh, an atheist dad, yeah. a Catholic mass. Yeah. They're not getting up again. But then her, her tag is, I'm kidding, they're amazing. And that's yeah. just so confident that she's, that her tag is, is complimenting herself again. Yeah. Right. And that I feel like isn't, I feel like that's something that, um, that audiences don't always let female comedians get away with that kind of complimenting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That she's like does so much. And I just love it a lot that she does. The tag is never insulting herself. Right. And I, and I think that goes is sort of opposite to be, be opposite to what is the trend these days. And that I think, a lot of comedians are very self-deprecating, uh, you know, even if the stories aren't true. I mean, you know, a lot of comedians will just make something up for the sake of a joke. But uh, a lot of this stuff feels very true mm-hmm. and her side of it. And it's clear that a lot of the stuff she went through was painful or she didn't make great choices. But, mm-hmm. yes, still sure of who she is. And that's cool. Like, she doesn't like. Yeah, this happened, so I'm an idiot, you know? And we, we see that, and it seems easy, but she she's better than that, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's what... That. And I don't want to... Obviously, some people do, like, that kind of woe is me, self-deprecating, sure. and it's amazing. Yeah. But I do feel like that's... I also feel like that's kind of what's, like, taught with stand-up comedy is mm. that... Is to always go for the self-deprecating thing. Like, I took... And I, I took a stand-up class at Second City. I'm by no means a stand-up comedian, and I'm not saying <laughs> claiming I am, but I, I had a joke that was, like, probably after listening to this, that was also, like, the tag was complimenting myself. was, like, mm. it sounded like it was going to go self-deprecating, and instead it was, like, a real big compliment, and that was uh, uh, the joke. And the, the teacher was, like, no, like, people aren't going to like that. You have, you have to end on ripping on yourself. Ooh. And I was, like... Why? Like, why? I mean, I I get that that's the general rule is yeah. You want but, you don't want to seem too above the audience. But if you want to emulate a specific style, what's the point? It has to be true to who you are and what you want to say. And also, there's just I don't know. I I feel like it's also about finding what you kind of and your vibe can get away with. Like she just gets sure, yeah. She she man like she just manages to pull off that like. I'm kind of great, sort of. Yeah, vibe. but in a very non-threatening, non-confrontational way, and I think that's maybe that style is what people have a problem with. If someone's too in your face, maybe they have a problem with it. We're like, I'm the best. I'm amazing. You're like, whoa, get out of my face. You're a jerk. You're full of yourself. But like, if it's like, yeah, I'm pretty great. <laughs> like, you know, like, all right, I'm not threatened by this. That's fine. Interestingly, like she works on uh, with Natasha Legero who has that bravado of I'm so awesome. Everybody kind of sucks compared to me. Mm-hmm. And it's in a way it's a revert because the truth behind the joke is kind of more self-deprecating than not. But mm-hmm. it on the surface scan of her material is that bravado and sh- like strutting around the stage. and I'm so awesome. And they both work super dark, but they both have very opposite styles in a way. And it kind of, and like watching that kind of comes through in their collaborations 
So it's like, it's one of those people who I think she just works really well with other people. And she, she's, I, I think Beth Stalling is able to sort of adapt her material because of that casualness. Like she's, she just listens to the, to the room, gets the feel of it and just plays to the strengths of the material. That's a, yeah, I, I love that, that, uh, connection between the two of them yeah there is something even though they're not you wouldn't put them on a bill next to each other and be like they're the exact same but like they both have that um like not the current trend of sort of anxiety comedy and nothing against Mm. anxiety comedy i love anxiety Mm -hmm. comedy but like they're both not playing off of oh look at me i'm such a mess right they're both like i'm kind of great and like (laughs) you know it and i know it and i have some flaws and here's sometimes i've made like here are funny stories about me messing things up, but like at the end of the day, I'm pretty great, and I just love that. <laughs> she's very, she's very good at scenes too, mm. like like sort of creating scenes in her stand up. Like, yeah. um, y- you know, I, I'm trying to think like the when when her mother went mm. to buy a Playboy because she's mentioned <laughs> in it, yeah, and it just the 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 beautiful sort of double meaning of the you know, putting her mother at the counter buying the Playboy and, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. oh, it's not what it looks like. My daughter's in here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. Just the, the multiple different things that ends yeah. up meaning in that context. Is like, yeah. It's like very good sort of comedy scene writing. Yeah. Even in the shorter bits, like the 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 indoors garage sale. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. she sets a scene in, like, a minute and a half of a joke, like, minute and a half, two-minute joke. Mm-hmm. You can, like, she just lays it out to the point you can picture in her in your head exactly what she's describing but also in a way that it wouldn't be done if it was filmed yeah. she's very economical and when mm-hmm. she decides to give the characters in her stories dialogue it's only when it's absolutely necessary so we're not hearing this huge conversation of then he said she said like we we never heard the voice of the person she bought the playboy magazine from yeah. in the store because it wasn't mom. necessary mm-hmm. we just needed to hear the stuff the mom said and yeah that's you have to have you know a, a, <laughs> a clever enough mind to be able to tell a story economically well this is why this is why i feel like the 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 sort of the casual delivery, I think it's very genuine. I think that's probably who she is, but sure. like, you know, I, I just, to me, I'm just sort of like, there's so much writing going on here. Yeah. Like yeah. there's mm. so much, like so much of this is built, but the best, the, the best of that stuff is always when you can't see the, yeah, exactly. right. Exactly. The inner workings of it. You can't see the matrix behind it. It's, it doesn't feel like writing by numbers. Yeah, yeah. And also I think like when, when you've listened to it so many times, which I have <laughs> at this point, you really notice how in control she is of that sort of laconic uh-huh. uh, delivery that she can, she, again, you would think for somebody who just like naturally talks like that again, that they would sort of be throwing away jokes, but she really slows it down mm-hmm. when the joke calls for it or the scene calls for yeah. it. Like those scenes, um, dialogue scenes, she takes so slowly, leaves real beats in between yeah. lines of dialogue and really, is in control of the pacing of those scenes. And whenever she's so her well. mom, oh that goes God. away. It's yeah. gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can different, we all just talk entirely. about her mom for oh. a second? <laughs> I, think, I think she's got kind of another one of the great comedy moms. Yeah. Right. right yeah. And not... Just blessed. Like, recognizable, but not the same comedy mom that everyone no, has. No, yeah, it's like her I, own. It's, yeah. not, it's not Maria Bamford's mom. It's no. not Margaret Cho's mom. But it's like... It's got that iconic quality to it. Sweet yeah. and innocent and yeah. that's yeah, I yeah. think that's what it is, is just this completely 
Like she calls her mom a virgin. Yeah, like yeah, just yeah, the line like, of yeah, yeah. Um, my mom's a virgin is right. That's just great. Like that's all you need to know about. Just this yeah. kind of yeah, like really wide-eyed, is. sweet lady in like a dark, horrible world, <laughs> right. and she doesn't know it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and yeah, it, before we get to her mom, she's already uh, built how dark this world is we're playing in that, that her standup is built inside. And then, Oh yeah. And here's my mom plunked into all this garbage and how she deals with it. And just the idea of that, uh, is funny mm-hmm. context. Well, mm-hmm. I think like I, I was thinking after we listened to the album, while I was peeing, I was thinking <laughs> how well structured the album is as a whole. Cause it feels, mm-hmm. I think at first listen, almost like, okay, we're going to put all the sort of shorter bits up front Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get to some, like, stories in the latter half, which is not, an, un, like, an atypical way of right. organizing an album. But, yeah, when you really think about how she builds this sort of world that she operates in with, like, all these terrifying children saying terrifying things. <laughs> yeah. And um, she sets up all these situations where people just have, like, really kind of terrible reactions to her. Like, the kids who say awful things, the, all the people who, like, the 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 guy who reacts to her weight loss by saying uh, your tits got small, like yeah. that everyone's just kind of being awful and saying awful things. And, and that she doesn't introduce her mom to like halfway exactly, through. Yeah. Yeah. She's is, built this world that everyone's the worst. And then, Oh no, her poor mom has to be in this place. Her mom seems so nice. Women need body cams for their relationships. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I think like, I, I mean, again, I don't want to bring down the room, but it, it's, it would be also impossible to talk about this album without referring to the fact that um you know beth stelling was also kind of gained notoriety for coming out about her her abusive partner yeah, yeah. and that the um i think it has been confirmed in interviews that the relationship she's talking about in this one is that I relationship yeah, right. about the one where she uh like she um starts dating him while all the ex-girlfriend stuff is still in the apartment right. and, and man does that line um, about like, I know everything about her. I know what shampoo she uses. I know what cl- size clothes she wears. And all she knows is why I should dump this guy yeah. really takes on quite a, um, a different meaning when you know, sort of the, the artist biography. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it was incredible how she kept so much of that. So light though, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. accessible. I mean, there's a lot, there's darkness in it. And especially if you can read between the lines, but uh, still very accessible. And, you know, when you're talking about how she has different lengths of stories and different bits and she changes with the pacing, it's still amazing that, and, and a lot of comedians can't seem to be able to do this. You never go very long without laughing. Like she peppers the whole journey with jokes, not just the punchlines of, of the stories, but just little asides all the way through. And that's, I really appreciate that. I mean, you know, I'm a fan of Mike Birbiglia too, and he can, Tell a, a long, you know, 10 minute story that then just has a beautiful laugh slash cry at the end. But I also appreciate someone like uh, like this who can just laugh, 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 yeah. laugh. It's like an effortless or seemingly effortless. I'm sure it is very like took a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. like how just little jam packed with little jokes it is. And you can mm-hmm. hear like from the audience in the room, some land obviously better than others. As sure. Makes him do, but like that she moves through them so quickly and with right. such confidence that it just feels like this tapestry of jokes. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I feel like she convinced me, whether it did or not, that everything worked. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Just the way she reacted after every joke. She's a really good recoverer. Yeah. Like she, it's, I always like a comedian that's like, 
where a joke doesn't like a joke goes a little haywire or doesn't it scares people instead of right. makes them laugh. Uh, and I always admire the people that can just kind of go like, "All right, well, uh, I'm now making this a part of it." And like she does yeah. that a couple of times in this. Yeah, movie. she's like, yeah. "Oh, that joke's usually for one person, and it was that lady right there." Which yeah. which <laughs> joke was that? I can't remember. Oh, it was uh, the 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 losing a child joke. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Which is, oh yeah. yeah, that was dark. I I like. <laughs> often forget how dark this album is till I'm listening to it with other people. <laughs> yeah, right. I kind of, like, to me, again, that joke is 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 uh, more about this weird thing this kid said to yes. her about kinda your like either... language thing. Yeah, yeah, but then, yeah, when you think about it, like, oh, this is also a joke about losing a kid and the implications of that. And, yeah, the recovery is so good that she's just like... Yeah. yeah. And just, just with her voice, she and the her, her cadence and the way she carries all the material if you look at it on paper it's super super dark but oh, when you yeah. hear it it just it, there's a buoyancy to it that mm-hmm. doesn't feel artificial it doesn't feel no. like a force but it's just like just this natural way of delivery where it's like as dark as it gets it just sort of like brings you along for this ride and that's that sort of millennial slacker sort of attitude where it reminds me there was a simpsons episode where um marge said to lisa something like isn't this amazing and lisa says we're from the generation that doesn't experience highs or lows. She says, oh, what's it like? <laughs> Meh. And, you know, the younger people, it seems that they sort of live this life of mediocrity where they're not affected one way or the other. I mean, they are, of course, but they, they don't seem like they are. And this sort of seems like that. It's just like, yeah, I got an ice cream cone yesterday. Yeah, this kid died. Like, it's all sort of in the same... You're affected the same way. It's interesting to hear it that way. Because then you don't get as darkly affected as if someone else was telling this joke and you can stay in the same sort of lightness throughout. You don't get bummed out or, you know, and you can, f- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I do feel like, um, I feel like, uh, I think the darkness sort of works for her a bit more because it, it, it's, I'm trying to figure out how to put this. I, I kind of feel like sometimes with darkness when comedians sort of work dark, Mm-hmm. Sometimes it really feels like they're just sort of, they're trying to, they're trying to push a, a like a big reaction or a big, like they, mm. they're going for the dark effect. Right. Sure. Whereas I, you know, I, it, this feels really honest and this feels really just sort of like, this is, you know, this is where I live. Right. You know, like and some of is, it feels shocking, but it doesn't feel like that was that's what she goal. was going for. Yeah. Just like, and some comedians, that's it. It's, it's just like, oh my God, I can't believe they said that. And they're like, yeah, I said it. And then they move on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this isn't that. It's shocking, but it's it's better than the shock. The, yeah. the material yeah, is better. There's, I'm, I've been trying to put my finger on, on exactly what allows her... I, I'm saying allows her to get away with it. Like, it's obviously up to individual audience members sure, how she gets away. Sure. But like, for example... A, there are jokes in this, only two, I think, that if I were, let's say, her friend who she asked for editing advice, was like, hey, should I edit anything out of this? There's maybe two that I would get Which rid one? of. I would get rid of maybe the um, the end of the plane joke where she 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 body checks the uh, flight attendant uh, and makes a joke about how, like, so when he bangs me in the knee with his drink cart later, we'll be even, which is a funny joke and I love. Mm-hmm. But then she makes a joke about how when she wakes up later, her bra strap is loose and her right butt cheek hurts and right. implies that he got back at her through some sort of sexual assault. Yes. Which 
on one hand, yeah, if I was editing this album, I might be like, I think it's funnier if you end on the drink cart thing. But also, I can see me hearing that coming from other comedians and maybe them losing me. And somehow mm. she doesn't lose me on it. Mm. It's not my favorite joke. Right. But also, I like somehow I also don't like it, it's not a detraction. And I right. don't know how she gets. I think because she just yeah. moves on so quickly to a I silly, so. yeah. like IUD joke. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember. Yeah, when that when she said that joke, I feel like it took me a second to process it. And before I could be outraged, she moved on to the next thing. I was like, "Wait, did she just say what I think she said?" Mm-hmm. And like before I could get really worried about it or yeah. get like brought down at all, she yeah into something silly right right away yeah. after. What's the other joke? Um. Oh, I think like. And this one isn't even, I don't know, I, I, I debate this one back and forth. She starts off with some with some weight loss jokes. Mm. And I'm just generally not one for the, like, weight loss as an easy topic sure. for humor. And, and as, like, a, a like always seen as, like, weight loss is inherently positive. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, I don't know why I said blah, 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 blah. I agree with my own opinion. Uh, but that, I mean, even that I also don't mind because I think most of the jokes end up with like the joke is on other people for not reacting to her weight loss properly. Right. Rather than on like, it doesn't really shame her. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, uh, for, for, for those listening at home, uh, I'm or anywhere. You don't have to listen to this at home. For those who don't know what we look like. For those, For those uh, in whose ears we are currently residing, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I'm a I'm a larger fella. Um, sometimes that uh, fat jokes, for lack of a better, I mean, I don't really feel like what she's doing is a fat joke, but yeah. um, uh, make me uncomfortable. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk about weight loss can make me uncomfortable just because it it can so easily slide into meanness. Yeah. Uh, even even if the person telling the joke is also a larger person, they're right. being mean to themselves or whatever. I don't feel like that's what she was doing. I kind of feel like again she was just sort of talking about a thing that happened to her, right? And that's how it happened to and her, and the and side effects of that. Yeah. And she's talking about it, yeah. Like so, you know, it it made me personally a little like, oh, I always feel self conscious listening to this stuff, hmm. but I don't feel the issue was like with the joke. I think that that was just my shit. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, let's talk about that, Brian. <laughs> how does that make? Oh, um, but I mean, I think, and that's why, because it's like sure. for it to open the album, and you kind of like, if you're listening and you don't already know what her vibe is, I can yeah. see being a little like, oh, I don't trust yet that she's going somewhere like smart. Yeah, it, the, it, it took me a little while stuff. to warm up and and feel not safe, but just yeah. to get what she was doing. Yeah. Safe in her womb of comedy. Safe. <laughs> um, but also, um, one that other... That is directing me jokes so great. See, and that was the thing. Is I, 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 to this, I, there's, uh, that's a thing I love about a joke like that, where I'm just like, that's such a good joke, and now I really need to know if her mom really had a hysterectomy. <laughs> right. Or yeah. if it was just a oh setup God. for the joke. <laughs> you know? That, that's the thing, listening to her material, like, the stuff that the kids say, said, and, like, the history, I, it all feels, like, real. Yeah, and, and as opposed to something she's inflating for, the, she never goes to that place of, oh, this is like you know heightening to get the get the laugh. This yeah. is all it's always at a level which is like, oh, this yeah, this could be real. Like I've had kids say some 
really weird <laughs> stuff to me. Like yeah. their dead boyfriend who lives in the backyard and visits them every night. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, what was it when the kid went down for nap time? Just like, I gotta rest my, my weary, weary bones. bones. Like, yeah, that's, that's not crazy, but it's, it's still weird. It's, it's real. It's a weird thing yeah. for an eight year old. There's yeah. something yeah. I actually I believe it. I feel like she's so good at the grotesque. Like yeah. at mm. voicing characters who are who just like your only reaction can be like Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and which is a, a sound she makes a lot but yeah. like that next stepdad and like exactly there's, there's something about these characters Abe Lincoln Ginger where when you when the next line is just her grimacing at them you get it you're like yes that person is terrible or that kid is weird like yeah she i think she has um again for somebody so sort of laconic sound and uh monotone sounding sometimes she has such great vocal acting mm-hmm. for these grotesque characters yeah and that's a nice it's a really nice contrast between how she talks right because mm-hmm. she it feels like she almost puts a little more energy into those characters and you can really hear yeah. the so they really the pop change. when yeah. they, like the sprint guy in the story with her mom just like yeah just like a bridge troll. Just like yeah. yeah having like a two hundred dollar like he just sounds like he is a troll like yeah. like you don't know that but he is yeah and i i think there's something like um one bit that i don't think would work if another comedian did it is her bit about um using her hair as her wedding veil <laughs> Yeah. Because it's kind of nothing. Like it's yeah. just like you know, um, a thing they tell you, um, in in comedy writing, uh, sketch writing especially, is um, don't do the wouldn't it be funny if do isn't it funny that like you should observe something about the world rather than being like wouldn't it be funny and weird if this weird thing sure. happened, right. and that's a quintessential wouldn't it be funny if I used my hair as my veil? Like it's not an observation yeah. about anything, and yet. Because she has such a talent for the grotesque and for painting a picture of a grotesque situation, it's somehow so funny her dad's reaction to her doing that. Yeah. In a hypothetical situation that never happened, just her dad going, what the fuck? Well, then I love that instead of it, it, for a second it feels like the poor father has a weird daughter, but then he says... What the fuck? This is my fault. And she goes, and it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic and, yeah. to, keep, to keep him responsible for that. Yeah. And it suddenly becomes a joke, like a joke on her dad. Yeah. <laughs> what a great spin on that. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's, this is uh, veering off this album a lot, but she has material and some of her other stuff about her dad and what a weirdo oh, yeah? he is. Mm. I highly recommend looking it up if you haven't. Like he. Have you, uh, uh, Matthew, have you heard it before? I have. That's on Sweet Bell. Yeah. Yeah. I think it may be. Um, Or it might just be on, like, um, because she's done uh, little, like, specials and stuff. Yes, TV specials and stuff like that. Okay. Um, But just the, she has such a good talent for these, like, bizarre, bizarre characters. Like, her dad, who apparently, like, he, I think he lives in L.A. and, like, dresses up as costumed characters for a living. Yeah. And then her mom. He works the L.A. strip. (laughs) Yes, that's it. Yeah. And he like feeds raccoons out of in his backyard or something oh, wow. like that, and huh. then and then you so you only get a little taste of him in this album. It but is that's his enough. fault. It is his fault. <laughs> oh. um, but I I also just love the mom and and, and dad stuff because like I grew up in a pretty like uh, low income house, so the joke about um, 
like how did your mom raise you alone yeah. <laughs> it really hits home for me like like i was my mom didn't raise me alone but we we were raised in a house where burping was like the the best thing you can do yeah yeah where burping the alphabet without throwing up was like <laughs> you got extra dessert for that so okay we got instead of cable we got to slow this down for a second here how many people in your house threw up while trying to bar- burp the alphabet? My mostly my sister. <laughs> I think she um she had a story about how she was I forget if she was practicing burping the alphabet or was just burping a lot and she was in the shower and she just threw up in the shower, kind of used her feet to push it all towards the oh, drain oh. and kept showering. And my I mean, family was like, it's very logical. Yes, that's the place, that's the place to do that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas me and my mom were very talented burp artists. Um, we can, we can do it. We know when to stop. Right. So that we do not So it throw came up. real natural to you. What you're saying is that she really worked at it. Yeah, my sister was trying <laughs> like, to do real. <laughs> is that something you would want to pass down if you had children? Oh You'd want God, them to yeah. be good at burping, yeah? I feel like it's such an underappreciated uh, Or at least shower to be able to, At least shower <laughs> No, my it's sister can pass that on to her kids. What's a, what defines a good burp or good burp artist? What, what um, are the skills Being able involved? to do it on command. On command? On command. Let's, sure. let's hear one. Let's see one. Okay, not bad. They're, and like, you know, they don't have to be like the loudest every time, but being able to consistently do it. That was a smaller one. Sorry. So, so I also a, did just have a lot of pizza, so I am scared. There's an honor in your family about being able to control some uh, part of your digestive system. There, that was a resonance um, Yeah. It's my, like, that's why even like, there, she has that joke about like, feeling the most like uh like a mother when she's really gassy which isn't the strongest joke on the album but even sure. then i kind of feel like a kinship to it because i have the gassiest family <laughs> in the world <laughs> i remember like tangent but when my dad would like when i was in middle school and we started having like school dances and um, we lived pretty close to the school so rather than my dad driving me he would just walk me to the dance and he would oh the whole way there <laughs> and when we got within like so many feet of school I was like dad you have to stop like the, other, the kids are gonna hear you farting and he's like and he's like okay let's just stand here for a second let me get them all out wow. uh, now we can continue towards the school wow so there's a finite number <laughs> well, so like, is it like with every step like it was like fart, a little fart, steam propellant <laughs> propulsion <laughs> machine I'm not convinced he has like muscles it might all be farts. You think that? I wonder if there are some winners of uh, marathons, etc., who are gassier than others who it's might use the that. New, um, it's uh, the new steroids. It's the new, like, they just have like a burrito. Oh god! <laughs> um, but uh, uh, there are a couple like phenomenon that she defines in this album that I also just find useful for life. Like you know how there's like. Like everyone has a few Simpson lines that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you just call upon because they they sum up a situation sure. so perfectly. Like and and she has a few of those that I find myself like using a lot in life. Like the um, being a Tarzan dater. Oh yeah, <laughs> is is a type of like that's a that's a dating pattern for sure. The like you don't let go of one dick until you're reaching for the next one. We all know those people. Yeah. Well, and I just love how far she took that because that's a great joke. And then like one of the tags she has on that is like. I'm college educated. I'm not, I'm not letting go of my old job until I have a new one. Yeah. <laughs> but 
um, and it's such a it's just such a useful term. Like now, when <laughs> I see those people who, and I I used to be one for sure, where I would like, you don't quite you sort of hold on to the old relationship until you're like sure that you've got another thing coming down the road. And then you're like, yeah. okay, phew, I feel confident. Uh, um, like it's, it's such a useful term for that. Mm. And um, <laughs> what's the, um, I feel like I wrote down other ones. Um, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> um, that's the only one I can remember off the top of my head, but okay. I feel like there's a couple others where that are just like, um, yeah, phenomenon that yeah, I can't remember. Well, she we'll reminded me a couple times of someone like uh, Stephen Wright or Mitch Hedberg. Like, I know she doesn't do a lot of the what if or did you ever notice even, but just sometimes just a really quick in and out, almost a one liner. And mm-hmm. uh, that's mm-hmm. an easy enough thing to take away with you. It sums up the whole story, the whole bit yeah. In, yeah. in one or two lines. There's like several tracks that are like one minute, one minute 15, one yeah. minute 30. Like they're, they're not she doesn't waste any time but yeah. it feels like a like if a joke was a sandwich you got like a really good juicy reuben out of every one of those jokes yeah. and there's no extra ingredients that you didn't need yeah oh yeah. the yeah. the other one that i found like was a good a thing i just referred to a lot in life is her bit about getting the um her boyfriend's name tattooed on her back or tattooed yeah um get stuck in your brain but uh <laughs> and then she has that line about do you know how hard it is uh, to get a guy, and to get laid when you have another man's name tattooed on your back, not yeah, hard. Not, not, not hard. Yeah. Is so it so perfectly uh, sums up um, how dating and getting laid is different for men and women. And the, yeah, and that and that bit could have ended at, uh, at various points, but she kept tagging on one more little yeah. sentence that just made it funnier. Like this is the kind of commitment you can expect from me. Would yeah, be a that's perfect so great. End to that. Looking back at him to say this, like you have this visual. <laughs> well, and it's and that's just another great bit of her of of writing where it's like mm-hmm. I, I, she's really good at sort of constructing those sort of situations where something that somebody says means to, like it, it comes in different directions. Cause, yeah, because that could mean a, a great deal of commitment. Uh, right. Because like I've got a name tattoo there. Yeah. Or not. A, huge deal because it's someone else's name and you're fucking me. And it's another great example of her confidence level where it like the first part of the joke is yes this was a bad decision all my friends told me don't and yet at no point does she feel bad about it. Yeah, she almost doesn't seem like she needs to justify it. She said, "This yeah. everybody said don't, but I did it anyway. Yeah, and, and it has affected my life in almost no way. Yeah. <laughs> and that becomes the joke is just her, everyone else being weirded out by it and her just being fine with it. I also like the way she describes it because she never seems to be going, and I'm like, and then act something out. It's very much written for the ear. Mm-hmm. This is a very accessible audio album, and as you know matt through mm-hmm. many of the albums we listen to that's not always the case yeah some stand-ups will do a whole one minute bit on something that's clearly physical and you can't even like steve martin like there are parts on yeah. his album you're like i don't know what's happening yeah uh, i always wonder why they leave those into the audio like for the yeah. audio with steve album. martin i think that's a deliberate choice uh, well yes but, we've talked but, about but, that yeah too. but with just a lot of he's trolling yeah he's just yeah. totally yeah, fucking with the people yeah. listening to it but yeah. then there's like you know the snl stuff that we did in our last episode you know mm-hmm. where it's like this why did they put this on an album yeah All a right. lot of it worked 
Yeah. Um, but some of it definitely would have yeah. benefited L- from some literally Chevy's cues. nine out of ten of Chevy's jokes is him falling. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The very opening of yeah. the whole thing was a yeah a fall, which yeah. I think the one purely kind of like the joke you could I think you can get it totally from context, but she has that joke about um, this getting the spray tan and yes. people yep. noticing the white line under your chin from where you went. And she just makes a noise like, but you can picture her face (laughs) squishing back into her head and creating that line of neck that the spray can't get to. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can picture it. Whereas some comedians would just say, so you know the thing you get here? And we're at home going, uh, nope. (laughs) You need that little bit of description. And yeah, she does it effortlessly. A little bit the, uh, the bridal veil made of her own hair. I'm sure she was doing that. Yeah, as she was, was making right, but she but there was enough language to it as well that it worked yeah. on the album. Yeah, I was and, expecting her to bring up the ring. I immediately pictured the the girl from the ring who comes out of the TV uh, with the with the hair. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> even though this predates Nanette, in a way, I think this is almost would be a perfect post Nanette kind of comedy album because. The, the the core thrust of the Say turn. Say what Nanette is, would you, for the, those Nanette who don't. being um, the Netflix special by, I'm completely spacing Hannah Gatsby. Hannah Gatsby, Gatsby. thanks. Um, where she sort of talks about how she was self-deprecating in her humor. And deconstructs and, stand-up and comedy deconstructs as a whole, it, really. Like how toxic some elements of stand-up are, especially for people who are at risk or who are, are groups that are looked down on in society where they turn it on themselves to like, oh, I can laugh. You will you be my friend kind of thing. And in a way, this feels like this would almost be the perfect response to that and a healthy, constructive, I can still make fun of myself, but in a positive way. I can use my life experiences to then leverage that and get back at the other person who's making those jokes at me or like being mean to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a good, that's such an interesting point um, that... It's because it's not like such a direct comparison, but yeah, you could see this coming out in the wake of Nanette and really thinking like, um, cause like one of the things Hannah Gadsby says is, um, self-deprecating in order to be given permission to talk. Yeah. Um, this idea that until you insult yourself, the audience isn't going to let you say anything. Mm-hmm. And the way that, um, as we've talked about, uh, Beth Selling really doesn't wait for permission to no. say anything. Even when the audience doesn't love it, she just barrels on to the next thing or makes a joke about them not loving it that never seems defensive. It always seems so confident that she loves her joke. Yeah. She thinks it's funny. And um, and yeah, that she never, even if the joke is, I did a silly thing like getting a name tattooed on my back, <laughs> she doesn't feel bad about it. Yeah. And, and yeah. um uh, to go briefly back to the um, what came out about her uh, abusive relationship, even even that, and I think this was this album, I might be getting the timeline mixed up, came out before she'd really come out about that. So she was still being a little um, vague about this relationship, yeah. um, and and sort of famously, the person she'd been with, also in comedy, had told her not to talk about it on mm-hmm. stage, and she the reason she came out about it was because she said I. I talk about my life on stage. I want to be able to talk about whatever in my life I want to talk about. And I'm tired of being vague about this. And probably feeling controlled by this guy, even after the fact, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's so usually in control of 
where she is in relation to the butt of the joke in um, mm-hmm. in her bits and and is so in control of how confident versus self versus deprecated she is and i i can i can see the frustration with not really being able to be in control of sure. that joke and not being allowed to say stuff yeah. about it mm-hmm. um, hitting that wall every time you want to talk about it Just, yeah yeah hmm. um yeah i would love to talk about the mom sprint bit Go yes. for it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> um, well, it's such a good closer. Like, it's such yeah. a good story, and it's also yeah. nothing. Sure, yeah. yeah. It's, it's longer than I expected it to be, too. It's, it's, it's one of the longest six, six minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, six and a half. For how short everything else. Like, the other, I guess, the story about the stepdad is the is yeah. the other kind of longer, longer oh. story. But even that kind of happens over the course of, like, mostly one evening. Um, but, uh... It's also like I think it's it's the story I hear referenced in in like with Beth Beth telling the most right. like people will say have you heard the sprint mom yeah. right. story yeah. and I just think that the way she turns again what could be a nothing story it's just her mom trying to guess the <laughs> password for her sprint account and it's your every moment in it it's so. In, like carefully paced mm-hmm. and she keeps heightening without again never skewing into ridiculousness yeah. like like the the tag at the end being her grandmother yeah. going yeah. like i thought this was a real yeah. person yeah. <laughs> like, grandmother, after all these years <laughs> so much of that frustration with the cell phone company um works in a different way for me than than other um sort of customer service uh stand-up bits i've done because mm-hmm. It's not the stand-up in the situation where it's a confident person telling a story who's like, so I was yelling and screaming and going crazy and we're getting mad. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But because it's her mom who we've been introduced to, we have more empathy towards this character. Mm-hmm. And even though she's making fun of her and we're like, oh, crazy her mom. We also want her to win. Like We feel bad for her do. mom. Yeah. Sprint that, is being so mean to her. Yeah, and that transforms this story into feeling a little differently than if it was done through like a Lewis Black or someone who's just angry about it, right? And we're laughing yeah. at them being angry. We're like, yeah, I'd be angry too. But in this case, we're more empathetic. As we're la- we're laughing at her, but in a gentle, poor you way. And I sort of feel like the, I mean, ultimately the point of the, the point of the bit is not even like, oh, Sprint, shitty customer service. Sure, or yeah. The point of the bit, like I kind of feel like the, I feel like the, the sort of the, the, the beautiful sort of main course of that whole bit it's just that weird moment where her mom realizes she has no idea who her best friend was. Yeah. And, and it's how so weird into that that transforms into and that. And it's how just weird lovely. her mom must have been to like go out behind the garage and just like wait to go to Mary Ellen's house. It's sweet yeah. and sad Nancy, and strange. Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen. Yeah. Which is a perfect name. Um, <laughs> it's also the name of an actress from the early 1980s. Oh, it was yeah. very confusing for me. Okay, for not that Nancy Allen. But <laughs> when you see her do this bit live, she acts out going and sitting hey. behind the garage and just like her her mom's like innocent little face just sitting there like <laughs> waiting for Nancy Allen. Like I don't know what she's doing back there, but just like sitting. Having imagination. Having pain. imagination time. And, and again, it's so something a kid would do. It never strays into the realm of, oh, no child would ever do this. I did weird ass shit like oh, that as a kid, yeah. you know? Yeah. And sorry, my cats are demanding treats. But then the grandmother yeah. finding out so much longer, so much later that it wasn't a real person. Yeah. Yeah. so sad. But yeah, I, I laughed at, I laughed too. It just, it, it turns very quickly from here is who my best friend is 
to. Can you just tell me who my like? <laughs> yeah. She, but she. Yeah. It's not that she gave them some information that she can't remember. She, it, it comes across as though Sprint knows who her true best friend is, <laughs> and, 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 and that the hint, and she's having an identity. Yeah, yeah and that the hint is think outside the box. Like, what did she say? Yeah, what <laughs> I need like, to know. We ne- we'll never know who her mom's best yeah. friend is, and yeah, the the like increasing panic in her mom's voice as she throws out more and more like uh, female names. Like, mm-hmm. was it Margo? <laughs> they're, they're all, like, from that era, too. Yeah, it was Trudy. Trudy, yeah. Trudy Fantastic. Margo, Gail. Gail, yep. Yeah. Um, and just with each one, she's becoming more, less and less sure about her own life. Exactly, yeah. And it feels like this. it's this weird torture scene we're seeing with Sprint, like, just holding this over her head. But done so subtly, really, just through yeah. her voice acting that, that sold mm-hmm. that bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... And the innocent, like also just the, the, I mean, going backwards in the bit of it, but setting up how kind of how older people interact with phones, I think yeah. is so great. Yeah. This idea that um, her mom keeps it inside a quilt bag in a yeah. quilt wrapped in another. That, that was my quilt. mom. And like, she, she yeah. wasn't even sure if she was going to replace it. Yeah. Like we can't, we can't uh, relate to that at all. It yeah. reminds me of um, <laughs> the very first digital camera I got when they were a separate thing from your phone. Right. Um, I think I was in like middle school or high school or something. And my parents wouldn't let me take it outside the house. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what am I supposed to do <laughs> pictures with of that? Lots of pics of the cat. It was a lot of pictures of our fish. <laughs> my sister. Throwing up in the tub. Throwing up in the bath. Um <laughs> And, yeah, it was all grotesque vomits. <laughs> People burping. And <laughs> <laughs> really, like, moment-to-moment documentation of our burping <laughs> competitions. But, yeah, I was like, they told me that as they gifted it to me on Christmas. And I remember thinking, well, I wouldn't have asked for it if yeah. I knew I couldn't take it outside. But that's just, like, I feel like the way that people of, like, the next generation up think about um Technology is right. it's expensive and you need to take care it's, of it. It's breakable, you know, yeah. Rather than just a thing you use in her everyday life. Mm-hmm. And the way her like they, they accuse her of dropping it. And she's like, I never. I never. <laughs> I know. It's so sweet. I never. But you believe her, she's you so do. careful with you that phone. <laughs> I, I'd love to hear the follow up when this mother gets a like a smartphone. I know, like, with my mm. mom now, it's like I'm constantly getting text messages of, like, inspirational cats. Oh. So I'd love oh. to hear the best-selling experience of her mother finding her way into the what smartphone happens. world. Well, I also want to know what that, we talked about already, but the clue, like, think outside the box. Yeah, that's yeah. so and, cryptic. And what, what she answered and what the real, that's a, that's a gutsy thing for a comedian to throw something out there like that. There's no and resolution I, The, sh- yeah, the shoe never, never drops, yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing I love, and one of you mentioned this just as the album was ending. I think it was you, um, Jason. Thank I you. think it was, I pointed to Jason. Um, <laughs> and audio uh, medium. Uh, <laughs> was it, like, she has, like, that great closer of the story of her mom and Sprint. But then the actual end of the album is her just sort of like saying like, hey, I'm kind of sweaty and thank you all for yeah. coming and happy birthday, my friends. And this yeah. was fun. It's yeah. really sweet and it was, yeah, it was just sort of like this beautiful sort of, yeah, you know, it, I feel like in an old rock album, it would just sort of like slowly fade out right. yeah. as the solo went on. Yeah, yeah. But Old people these days would almost literally drop a mic. Yeah. Like, I'm out, peace. Like, like, you know, we both, Grace and I have both seen her live and she has that like i just when i saw her she seemed it was you know she wasn't chummy 
overly so, but she did seem genuinely engaged with the audience in a way I don't think a lot of comedians are. Mm, um, because cool. there's like the separation. Well, it's kind of like really I was saying when she was doing it. Com- a lot of comedians, they're putting on this sort of entertainer coat yeah. or like host coat. Like they're not really them. It's a role they're playing. Yeah. And then when it's over, they just walk away. Yeah. But she was her through all this, yeah. which is kind of yeah. cool. I feel like she built like where some comedians build like a persona. She sort of she builds a world instead. Like she's mm. herself the whole way through. But yet you do feel right. you don't feel a difference in her earnestness so much when she's is doing thank yous. But you feel like the world of the show has sort of ended. like this dark yeah. world yeah. she built with her poor, innocent mom plopped into it. Right. Her kids are just saying terrible things. <laughs> Like it, she builds this sort of universe where everyone is just kind of grotesque. But then she awful. comes back into okay, we're just having a fun night out, yeah. and thanks for joining it's, us. It's yeah. it's weird because it's not it's not the same as like uh, one of Mike Birbiglia's sort of one man shows where it's a story, but right. it does feel like she builds worlds of like rules of a universe. Yeah, where the rules are generally people aren't going to be super nice in this mm-hmm. universe, but they're also. They're not going to get too bad. I wonder about how she structured this and if originally uh, different bits were in different places. Because I feel like maybe there are some things that we're ready for because we were introduced to that world earlier on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm trying to think of the order of the bits. I feel like she didn't necessarily get heavy, dark or gross later on, really. But yeah, no, I get on board pretty quickly with what she's throwing at us. Yeah, she does more like I think it's the the shorter bits that tend to be get get kind of darker. Yeah. And then, and then it's, it's in and out. So you don't dwell on it. Right? Yeah. In, in a way, thinking about it, she kind of reminds me of um, Give us John some- Mulaney. OK, I, I'm like, my <laughs> oh, God. <yeah. laughs> so but again, it's that completely different tone. Sure. But it's she establishes this is best selling. Like John Mulaney establishes. I am a 75 year old man in a 12 year old man's body, even mm-hmm. though I'm like 32. Yeah. So it's like the same, there's, there's, there's a truth in that. And John Mulaney's character on stage, I never question that that's him. Like right. I believe in real life, that is who he is walking around the city of New York and, and Beth Stelling with her material. I never question that this is who she is in her regular mm-hmm. day-to-day actions. Like, there, there's no artifice to yeah, her And that's persona. something we talk about from time to time, too, is when sometimes uh, you'll find a great writer or performer, but it doesn't always match their quote-unquote voice mm-hmm. or, or, or who they are, what they look like, what they are in the world. And when the two things match up, it, it works beautifully. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't always. Sometimes people write jokes that they shouldn't be telling. It just doesn't yeah. work out of their mouths somehow. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but yeah, but yeah, this feels like that marriage. She, it, I was gonna say it feels like she just knowing that this isn't wasn't that far into her career that mm. um, that I it it feels like she found kind of her voice and her her not even persona because again it feels genuine but she found like I think the the very best comedians know inherently what is funny about them they know the jokes mm. that only they can tell mm-hmm. and the jokes that they just can't get away with and and right. i feel like she knows inherently what is funny about herself yeah and that yeah. she found that pretty quickly 
Like again, yeah, there are yeah. Jo- yeah, there are jokes that I don't think would be funny if other people told them. And that probably comes uh, to some people. I think it comes very young. I mean, when people say you're a funny person, I mean, I feel like I've seen comedians who are okay that weren't funny people, mm-hmm. and like off stage, they're just kind of weird jerks, and you're like, this doesn't match up properly. Like it's it's way more fun when they're fun people, mm-hmm. right? And she seems fun. Yeah. She kind of wrote, there's parts of her, I keep thinking of Maria Bamford in my head, but I feel like Maria Bamford is sort of the negative, like not negative bad, but like the black and white negative. She's like the yeah. the mirror version of her sort of yeah. thing, not quite opposite, but Maria Bamford will talk about dark things in a very, what did we say last time? In a sunny, she's sunny, sunny, but dark. Yeah. And, uh, cheerful, cheerful but also darkness. surreal. Like she blows it way up and makes it, yeah, you know, so cartoony that it's not threatening, but mm-hmm. you can still feel the darkness that in and and she puts sort of these characters on that are super smiley and mm-hmm. a lot of it seems like a lot of the same type of things, but a very yeah. different delivery. Yeah, exploring the same com- com- comedic space through a different comedic lens, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, a, a weird, a weird, uh, may pull that. Uh, since we're just talking about who people remind people of, um, <laughs> a weird pull that maybe doesn't make sense. Let me see if I can chase this down. She reminded me a lot, not in style at all, but I think you'll see what I mean. Of Patton Oswalt. Yeah, I, I think there's a, I, I think there's an mm. obsession with language. Right. Yeah. She uses it very differently than he does. He's yeah. very Gene Kelly about it. Like he's very like, look at me. Look at me spin yeah. the words and like you know. There's specificity in yeah. both of them, but completely different yeah, yeah, yeah. focal points. But like I, I really feel like there was like just some of the wording in this was like yeah. there's there's an obsession with language that she has yeah. that's way lower key than Pat Oswald. Yeah. But it would like it reminded me of just like Man, she's into words. Yeah. Well, like like, like you know. Grace, you were pointing out like how she says tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, like Again, and, it's like and DQ Blizzard. Blizzard, yeah. Blizzard. Blizzard, Blizzard was the one I was. It's like to that was the perfect punch up for that line. It's like it just it made that joke, those jokes, just a little bit funnier without. It, it, she knows that's not the words, but just saying it that sort of funny so cadence. Weird. It just is like the perfect. Like, oh, this is where I need to make this this a little bit more silly, and it's yeah. and it's that meticulousness and attention to deta- mm-hmm. details. 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 <laughs> well, it's a. It's a thing I, I, I noted about her listening is that she's such a good joke writer. Like there's so many just mm-hmm. like set up punchline, really so good solid, yeah. jokes in this, but also so much um, silliness that doesn't work for any particular reason, except that it does. Like her mom voice <laughs> is just yeah. silly. Like her, her pronouncing words a little bit wrong. It reminded me of um, what everyone says about working with Maya Rudolph, how like she'll start by saying the line like a human would. Right. And then by the end, you're, you, the words are unrecognizable, but somehow so much funnier. Yeah. She just like adds extra syllables she, to stuff. Yeah, and, there's, I forget what movie it was. She played a character named Deborah and she said it was pronounced Deborah. And, <laughs> and, and it was from, super, uh, not Superstar, the one with um, the Lonely Island guys. Popstar. Popstar. Yes. Uh, and, and they said, oh, what's the origin of that? Uh, I think Deborah. <laughs> so stupid but yeah great yeah and it just adds that little like if that was the only joke that's not it would right. it would it's never nothing. be enough but yeah. it's just this little extra it's just like weird weirdness and i also um as i i, I kind of compared her to like anxiety comedy but it's also again this interesting 
she's an interesting foil to sort of confessional comedy as well because it's mm. never mm. it's also never that she's both right. very like herself very you feel like she's being honest with you but it's she's not interested in going deep in her soul it's not like she feels guilty about anything she's done she recognizes that maybe it's not the best thing someone could do but i did it who cares and this is what's funny about it yeah. it's never guys i gotta tell you something mm, yeah like it, you know, there's never a point where she like gets real about whatever no never and, and that, that's what makes this so refreshing to me too it's just it straddles that line between so many types of comedy and just gives you it's like a like an assortment platter, you know. So yeah. you get get a little bit of confessional here. You get a little bit of a little silliness bit, but there. You never have to deal with any kind of fake emotions. You never have yeah. to deal yeah. with her going. Some guys, I feel really bad about this. Like you know, this just yeah. that BS that comedians feel they have to contextualize their stories with. There's just none of that. It's yeah. just stripped away to here's the thing that happened, and the way I will explain it is funny. Yeah, and, and that's and, it. Yeah, really. it's it's a weird. I keep saying like. She doesn't do that, and yes, she does, and yet she does this thing. That's uh, like I, I feel right. like she, I don't know. She like there's so many beats that in her jokes that are emotional beats, like just the emotional sound of someone reacting to something is so frequently the joke of just somebody going like, Ugh, or like <laughs> grimacing or making a sad. Like her half of her mom's jokes are funny because you can hear panic in yeah. her voice yeah. or almost yeah. crying. So there's like she puts so much emotion into stuff, but it's always just like it's it's never a thing she spends a long time like elucidating how they emotionally felt. It's just in her voice. Yeah, yeah. 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 To get that point across so succinctly is, is mm-hmm. what really works, right? Without having to say, and she felt and blah yeah, blah. Yeah, she blah. never once says describing it's showing. My mom felt like she was forgetting, you know, how uh like forgetting her childhood or something like that. You yeah. just hear that yeah, that's what her, we, like we her piece mom. that together, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. um, and the whole fight with her stepdad is like never. You <laughs> oh, feel man. everyone getting. Oh my! It's so great. God, it's so it's so satisfying as a former teenage girl. <laughs> well, this is what's great too is she she re- seems to be able to remember and go through these different lenses. Like she can she can go through the point of view of her now, of her when she was a teenager, of the stepdad, of yeah. all the, of her mom. And like you buy into these new perspectives. Um, she's able to, to speak through all of them. And that, yeah. that's really cool. There was a, there's a great thing with that stepdad story. I think the first time I heard it, uh, when the, when I first listened to it, I was like, I, Oh, I hate this bit. Huh. I hate this. This is like, they're so, they're so mean to him. Ah. <laughs> and, and then, like, listening to it this time, I was just sort of like, yeah, they were. And she knows that. And she's telling right. the story. Yeah. And she's telling it from her. Like, she's kind of stayed in, like, the teenager POV exactly. of it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but she's obviously allowing for how awful the whole thing was. And, and that, sure. she's, you know. that she sets it up, too, with a, I kind of liked him at first until my sisters told me that to not like yeah, him. Yeah. And then I like, which is such a sibling. <laughs> yeah, dynamic, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to do what you guys are. And yeah, and yeah. then I ended up sort of being because I think it's like a lot of stuff like I, like uh, my reaction to it was, again, it was kind of my shit. You know, right, like it's right. just sort of like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't like that for my own reasons. Like, <laughs> she's just saying what happened. Yeah, well, I yeah. can totally see how. Yeah, like who who you are closer to in that story. Like if sure. if you're an adult man who might possibly marry somebody who has kids, you're like, this is terrifying, <laughs> and this poor man. But if you're like, I I also remember 
uh, as a teenage girl, just these like adult men who were just around and the worst. And you were just like, <laughs> and like the bit about like him trimming huh. his beard hair and it going oh. into their toothbrushes. And uh. where she, we, she's like, we all agree we hate him. Like, we all yeah, hate yeah. him right now. Instantly. You're like, yep, I yeah, sure we're on do. Board. Yeah. yeah. And and like, it's such a small thing. It's definitely true. Yeah. It's not <laughs> worth getting him divorced over, and yet you do hate him. Yeah. Like, the second yeah. she says that, you're like, yeah, I'm on board with whatever yeah, like, you do to this man. <laughs> coming from a family of divorce, like, the the, the men drifting in, in and out of life. Like, it, 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 later on, I took off and went to university, and that's when my, my mom met her, her mm-hmm. current husband, who's a wonderful man. Love him dearly. But, like, prior to that, like, the drifting in and out of these guys that are just, like, just go away. You're not, you're yeah. not supposed to be here. And like they, they try so hard. Yeah. And there's nothing they can do. And and that's sort of like, and it's like that perspective. I'm like, yeah, I, I totally know what's going through her head all the way through that bit. Yeah. It's, it's so relatable. If you, if you have had a stepdad or like my, my dad is, is my, is actually my stepdad. He married my mom when I was four. So at this point I'm so used to him. He's my dad. Like, sure. But I bought in from a pretty young age. But when they first, when I was like four or five, I definitely like he was trying to win me over so hard. And I was such a little shit. (laughs) He would he would buy me presents that I secretly really did want. But I would just like not play like or um, um, he would set up, you know, the the floor is lava game and you put couch cushions on the ground and kids will hop from one to other. He would set that up for me. It was my favorite game. And I would not play until he gave up and left the room and then he would like peek back in and i would be like and i would only call him paul i refused (laughs) to call him dad for so long (laughs) so i like again not old enough to do the sort of shenanigans that that beth and her sisters do in the story but i related to that like who is this man why is he in our home I did not acquire a stepdad until I was already an adult and living on my own. So no. it's not yeah. quite that. <laughs> it's not the same as having, again, a stranger in your home who suddenly is telling you what to do. And you're like, mm-hmm. get out or of here. trying to be your friend. In a, yeah. It feels mm-hmm. insincere way. And, um, and like the bit about the religious song that he was perfect. It was like, yeah, this is something that a, you know, a, a you know, a minister in Ohio would mount and his organist would write and they tour Ohio. It's just like my, my grand- And they would think it was edgy. They think it's like, yeah. oh, this is a deep, like my grandparents live this in Ohio and I spent Jesus summers movies. down there and it's just like, <laughs> it's just so Ohio. It's, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, oh, yeah. there's an Ohio-ness to this like earnestness of the, the their faith kind of yeah. thing. And let's not forget another perfect joke. In this album, which is that uh, when she says anyone else from Ohio, did you know you can just put all your stuff into a bag and leave? <laughs> that is so good. But I feel like, again, to go back to how good she is at grotesque characters with the stepdad and with like these little these all these kids in her life. She's so good at dropping like two details of it, like uh, just yeah. a couple yeah. little details like she that. Knows what he, you need. Yeah, that he is weirdly religious and he's slow. Yeah. yeah. And and she drops another stuff about how he doesn't have a chin and the whole Ichabod Crane thing, yeah. but like just those like these little details that are kind of again like not they're they're so small, but you're you're like yeah I know exactly who this is yeah and he's the worst. She paints that picture so quickly with so few words. It's yeah, yeah it's really great. I I love that line too about 
whatever it is you're supposed to do in the womb to get a chin. I don't know, but he didn't do it. <laughs> That's such a nasty dig. <laughs> it's interesting, too, though, because, like, she kind of did the same thing with her mom, but it's a completely different. Is it a flip on that tone? Because, like, the, the pinata, whereas, yeah. like, the pinata with the throat, like, smashed out oh. kind of thing. And it's like, oh, what kind of person would go and buy a busted ass pinata and then in leave the it morning. in the morning and then leave it out all day for their yeah, dog to freak like, out at? Weird. And it's like, it's kind of love, it's loving. It, it's like, it's, it's, it's the grotesquery, but is a love isn't as a loving yeah. way as opposed to oh this guy's freaky kind of yeah. way. It's an affectionate yeah. like painting just a very specific portrait. Yeah. And I think for any of us who have aunts and moms and just like <laughs> no kind of women in their 60s there's all that weird thing of like buying busted stuff cuz it's on sale. Yeah. Is yeah. such a character trait. Well, and I also really like that not quite making that mental connection. Like, if you put the thing away, the dog won't bark. Like, the dog's been barking all day. Like, I guess it doesn't bother her. It's like, oh, he's bothered. He's barking at the thing. But, like, doesn't yeah, just like, do that second step. The mom but, kind of <laughs> seems to find it funny. It's like, she's like, what a hilarious day I've had. <laughs> I'll text my daughter. She likes comedy. <laughs> and the way the mom tries to kind of joke with her and is always like the, like, like the boner appetite. <laughs> or you can tell the mom speak like, I know your humor. I will participate. I love yeah. This, yeah, that's so funny. And then just insults her. Yeah. <laughs> I think you but, then, but then again, she and turns she it around it and is like, but it, Not entirely untrue. Yeah. <laughs> An appetite for bonus. Yeah, it's just, I do. Yeah, but I never finished. I never finished. That was beautiful. Say, like, again, it's so densely written, but yeah, you can't even say with one of her jokes without then just going into it's the true, next, yeah. Yeah, next yeah. one. It's true, yeah. Yeah, she's really great at just sort of like floating six tags on the end of each joke. Yeah. yeah. And then suddenly we're just in the next thing, and it never feels like. Uh, what else have I got here? Uh, oh yeah. So anyway, like yeah. it's just it just flows, and yeah. I I can't imagine what that rehearsal must be like. like she must have a memory, you, like yeah. And like it's just sometimes it flows like she just yeah. Again, a tag will start the next joke, but if you when you listen other times, she just starts a new joke. Like she doesn't feel. Mm, I think she's always like seems to be looking for the most efficient way to get to the next punchline, and if it's a, like the. Um, Again, getting married with her hair as a veil—that bit just starts when you really listen back yeah. to it. She, yeah. what I forget what was right before, but she's just like, I think if I ever get married, this is what I'll do. Yeah. Um, and it's it's like really for any. I think a lot of new comedians get really hung up on like writing really nice transitions and making sure things flow. And, yeah. And, and like she's just like, nah. If you get again, into the next if you bit. do it with confidence. People are just listening. It, nothing you say has to relate to the last thing you said. Yeah. If, if you're confident and it's going to be funny and interesting. That, and yeah, she's got that confidence. It's great. Swagger. I think we've talked about every track on the album. <laughs> We're clearly fans. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Grace, for bringing this to to my attention. I didn't. I hadn't heard it before, and uh, it's different from anything I've really heard. And uh, I will keep listening. I hope she puts out another one. I don't know. It Me seems too. like her career trajectory may have sort of changed. So I think she's gotten kind of snapped up by TV. Like yeah. she was right. She wrote for another period. She wrote for mm. Crashing. Um, and, uh, so, I mean, good for her if she's like getting those TV writing bucks, but oh, I really yeah. hope she puts out another album at some yeah, point. She can write yeah. a funny scene. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, we're clearly all fans. So if you didn't listen to it before listening to the podcast, you probably should now. Hopefully we haven't overhyped it. 
<laughs> oh, no. It may not be for everybody, but we certainly liked it. I want to say thank you, of course, to my uh, co-producer, Matthew Ardell. Thanks, Matt, thank for you. being here. And, of course, to Ryan Hughes, who you can find on Twitter intermittently. <laughs> Twitter, at, Twitter and Insta. And Insta at Ryan F. Hughes, R-Y-A-N-F-H-U-G-H-E-S. Uh, I didn't mention before, he's also in uh, Trash Panda, an improv group with Kat Letwin, and Whiskey Kids, a sketch troupe with Claire Blackwood. They've done a Fringe show, and they've got a short film coming out called Crit, so watch out for that. And, of course, Grace Smith, as I mentioned, is in Generally Hospital, and you can find her, Twitter and Insta, at... <laughs> At Gracectomy. Yes, because... Oh, I fucked it up already. No, because um, rather than removing me, you're adding me. Please follow me. I need more followers. It's an opposite of an ectomy. Yeah. Delete that last part. It sounded sad. We'll see. <laughs> I'm giving you so much editing. Could have been, uh, been Graceotomy. Uh, now you tell me. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on Comedy Album Book Club. That's it. Great. Thanks, guys. Yay, that was fun. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.